0: everyone, and I'm thankful that you're all here, and as I mentioned, um, you know, Pastor Caleb is not feeling well and got a hold of me yesterday, and I thought about that a little bit, and I thought um, if he had called me this morning, I should be ready to talk about the Lord Jesus uh, with brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, It shouldn't take very long to Uh, gather some thoughts, go to the word of God, and uh, talk about the many, many wonderful things we can always talk about as we look to him. I was thinking as we were singing, because I know we do this, we, uh, you know, Thanksgiving Day was a couple of days ago, and I'm sure that Linda has been dying to play Christmas songs and, uh, and I'm not going to hold you back from uh, setting your eyes and hearts on the celebration of the, the birth of our Savior, but I am going to have you hold on to the thought of thanksgiving today and actually pray that it's something that you hold on to every day. And there, we have so much to be thankful for. And as I thought about thankfulness, not necessarily the celebration that we do as a country thank- on Thanksgiving Day, but just thankfulness, I think the word um, makes it clear that thankfulness is our right response to God. And I think all of us, if we thought about it long, we would conclude that not only is it a right response, it's it's necessary. It's much needed in our lives every day. Anyway, so I want to look at a couple passages. And there's a passage of Scripture in Colossians chapter 2. And I was to ask someone if they could quote Colossians 2, 6 through 7. I don't know that any one of us could grasp the whole two verses We might be able to remember uh, a couple of themes from that passage, but I would be honest and say, um, if you were to ask me that, I would have probably left out the part that I'm going to talk about this morning. But in Colossians 2, verses 6 through 7, we read this. It's therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught. And this passage ends with these words, abounding in thanksgiving. When I think of that verse, I usually think about, you know, as I've received Christ Jesus, walk in him. What does that mean? I've received him by grace and through faith, and I should walk by grace and through faith. And that's certainly true. And certainly I need to be and we need to be rooted in our faith, rooted in the truths of Scripture. We need to be built up and established in the faith just as we have been taught. But the ending of that verse says that we're to be abounding in thanksgiving. Uh, Again, this is directly related to our walk in him, right? We, we spent some time a few weeks ago talking about that. Our walk is really our, our life in Christ, right? It's all that we do. It's all that we... It's the things that we say. It's the things that we think about. It's the way that we interact with one another. It's the way we interact with our family, our friends, our uh, the community in which we live. Our walk is important. But our walk is to be that which abounds with thanksgiving. And this is an interesting thought. So the word abounding speaks of really super abounding and excess. You could use the word that we often use to be superfluous, exceeding what is... um, Sufficient or necessary. So a lot of it, right? (laughs) A lot of thanksgiving. And thankfulness is just that. Thankfulness, gratitude, giving of thanks. So we are not people who are just supposed to be thankful. We're to be people who are abounding in thanksgiving. Excess thanksgiving, if there is such a thing when it comes to the things of the Lord and what God has done for us. So, we would all agree, I hope, that we have an abundance of scripture that would support this truth that we should have a heart and a mind abounding with thanksgiving. It's kind of an interesting play on words, but we could even say that these truths are themselves abounding, right? They are in excess of everything sufficient for us to be that way or necessary for us to be that way The scriptures themselves are abounding with truth that should bring us, take us, and I I think probably what we struggle with a lot is keep us in that place where we're abounding with thankfulness to God for what he's done. So we're going to look at some of these truths. But I think one of the challenges for me is is to see where these truths are ultimately founded. And I don't think that they're anywhere other than the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't think these are separable the lord jesus christ and the grace that is found in him when i think about these things some and you might have the same thought some verses kind of come to your mind and and you go well that's why he said that or that makes sense and one of the things i thought of as i was considering this was this short verse in that Paul wrote to Timothy in his second letter, in 2 Timothy 2.8. We read this and we go, oh, that's kind of interesting that he would tell Timothy this. But remember the passage, it just says this, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel. Now, certainly he's not thinking Timothy's going to forget who Jesus is, right? But remember him. And what does that mean? Remember what he did. Remember when he did it. Remember the sufficiency of it. Remember that it's effect in your life. Remember what it means to you. Those are the things we can sort of forget in the busyness of life. It's not that any of us forget Jesus in the sense that we forget who he is, we forget that he's the the reason that we that we have hope but we don't spend time sometimes really thinking about him and remembering all that that means to us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 starting in verse 13. It's another passage of Scripture that if I would um, uh, go back and look at it or if I would read it, this one little piece would often escape my mind or escape my attention. But it says this, Second Corinthians 4, starting in verse 13. He says, Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written. I believed, and so I spoke. We also believe, and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more, and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. That's why I said I think we find the root of our thankfulness in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and the grace that is found in him. You see what it says there? For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, It may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. That's what happens, doesn't it? As God, as he works in the hearts and lives of people, extends grace to more and more as he works in the hearts and lives of people, men, women, children, all over the world. One of the things that happens is the increase, right? The increase of thanksgiving, not necessarily for all of those who are thankful, but to the glory of God for the one who has done what he's done, that he's worked the work of salvation in the life or the lives of these men, women, and children all over the world for his glory. Some of you have heard me say this before, but i am often reminded to remind myself try to remind myself and i often do this when i you know you read the news and you see how bad things are terrible things are the things that people do to people and i'm always reminded that today and i really believe this today and it doesn't matter what the day is be tomorrow you can say today God, the Holy Spirit, opened up the heart of a man, a woman, a child, and for the first time in their life, they came to know the joy of knowing who Jesus is. They came to know the joy for the first time of what it means to have their sins forgiven. God's doing that every day. I really believe that. Uh, Despite the world's problems and despite our problems, despite the, the deficiencies that exist in uh, the church, the struggles that Christians have, God is still in the business of, of changing the hearts and lives of men and women and children. And I would go, I would say also he does a really good job of it. Uh, he does a good job at that. Our thankful response to that isn't necessarily all that it should be, but it should be abounding. We should be abounding in thanksgiving for what God is doing in the lives of others and what he has done and is yet doing in our lives. So one of those... uh, Again, one of those, what I would say, one of many passages of Scripture that uh, speak to what God has done and really should result in this excess thanksgiving in our lives. And And again, I'm not talking about, you know, well, once a year, thank you, God, for all that you give me. I'm talking, this is... This is what should be in our hearts and minds really every day. If you want to go to Ephesians chapter 2 starting in verse 1. And if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and have had the privilege and opportunity to grow some in your faith, and I say that because I don't know how long any one of us has been born again, but during that time you should be able to read this passage and rejoice and be thankful. You should be driven to Be abounding in thanksgiving. Starting in verse 1, it says this. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among whom we all once lived in the passion of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. Uh, Pastor Caleb mentions this often, but were, we're not something special, right? We are now because of God's work. But we're lumped in with the rest of mankind, right? Just like the rest. That was me. That was you. And then verse 4 has perhaps some of the greatest two-word transition <laughs> says but God right oh be thankful for those two words even though we were dead in trespasses and sins even though we lived in them even though we were like the rest of mankind but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our, trans, in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And he goes back to that, right? He goes back to this issue of grace. And raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. uh, Abound in thanksgiving because of the riches of his mercy. Because of the great love with which he loved us. Because of his grace. Verse 8 says, For by grace, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. We would, we would pray, I, I pray we would pray, Lord, help me to abound in thanksgiving because of your grace, because of my coming to understand that this is not of my own doing. It is your gift. It's a gift of God that prompts me to have a heart and a mind Overflowing with thanksgiving, or should prompt my heart and mind to that end. We are His workmanship, it says in verse 10 We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. That we should walk in them. I know that if you're like me. Every time I say that I go. And I know you are. (laughs) Because I know what it's like to be me. And I know you know what it's like to be you. A sinner saved by grace. Someone still living in a sin-affected world, someone, someone's still struggling as we are caught up in that battle right between flesh and spirit, so I know that I'm not and you're not always as thankful as you ought to be and that I ought to be. I know that there are times when I and you think more about the things we don't have than the things that we do have that far exceed the things that we don't have. Uh, but that, that, that's what happens in this, this battle, this struggle that goes on. I know that. But that doesn't change the fact that where God wants us to be and where God has um, so worked where we're really without excuse not to be there is a place where we abound with thanksgiving. And it changes who we are, changes what people see in us. All of us have seen or been around people who are, are finding this place, right? Where they're just—they're people who just—they're thankful for for what God has done in their lives, and it changes the way they think, the way they talk, the way they act. And we also all know people who aren't. There, very often, and uh, we should pray for one another for all of us that we would all be those who abound in thanksgiving, who live there, who, as Paul said to Timothy, remember Jesus and all that that means, right. If you want to turn to Colossians chapter 1. I like this passage written by the Apostle Paul, obviously inspired by God. Kind of seems to be a a practical... um, way of seeing the thankfulness in the heart of a believer, in this case the Apostle Paul. We see thankfulness, we see the things that he's thankful for, which should, I pray, help us to be mindful of again of the things that not that not that the other things that we might have want or need for aren't important in our lives, but absent we can have all of those things, and absent having a a right heart of thanksgiving to God, a lot of it's not going to mean much. I'm just going to start from the first verse of Colossians one. Paul writes, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. Then the next thing he says is this. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have have for all the saints. So again, two thoughts immediately come to my mind. First of all, I've often, when I read this, I'm I'm challenged with this this, uh, truth where I should be someone who is praying for my brothers and sisters in Christ. But as I pray for them, I should always or also have this thought of being thankful to God for them. I'm thankful to God when I pray for you. I should pray for you, and I should be thankful to God for you. And there's things, again, that I know about you that are the reasons for that thankfulness. Verse 4, your faith in Christ Jesus. Your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for brothers and sisters in Christ. Verse 5 says, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. I should thank God for that because I know, just like we read before, without him working in your life, without his doing, you have no hope laid up for you in heaven. You have no faith in Christ Jesus. You have no love. You have not the ability to love the saints. But I'm thankful to God for His work that can produce that in us. It says, "Of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you. As indeed in in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing." That's that's an interesting truth that I have spent time thinking about before this idea that the that the gospel is bearing fruit and increasing in the whole world just like it does in you and I the gospel is powerful Not just for salvation, but for the molding and shaping that God does in the heart and mind of the believer in Christ Jesus. It continues to bear fruit. And like Paul says here, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. There's no doubt in my mind that we could, if people would share, we could ask one another, what's that, what's that been like in your life? Has, has the gospel, since the day you heard it and understood it in truth, continued to bear fruit in your life? And I'm confident that we would all say amen. And we could even give examples of what that means to us. He says, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the spirit. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. Let me me challenge myself and challenge you to also just to just see here that I'm, I'm I'm confident that one of the things Paul is saying is that his thankfulness to God is one of the things that drives him to pray for these people. Again, I don't know that we can overstate the importance of thankfulness in the life, the lives of believers. And so I would say <clears throat> to myself, Greg, if you're, if you're struggling to be mindful to pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ, perhaps your problem is you're not overwhelmed with thankfulness to God for what God has done in their lives and who they are now in Christ. Because Paul says, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Are you praying that for me? Am I praying that for you? Because I'm thankful for you and you're thankful for me. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, It's kind of interesting, isn't it? We would all say, without any disagreement, I believe that that's, our, that's a desire that every one of us has, is to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. But are we, are we driven by our thankfulness to God and thankfulness to the Lord Jesus Christ to pray for one another... That we might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. That's what we all want. We all want to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. We all want to be fully pleasing to him. We want to bear fruit. We want to increase in the knowledge of God. Verse 11 says, Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Boy, do we all want that. Do we all need that? To be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. And Verse 12 says this, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you has qualified me to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Boy, is, is I want to ask for a show of hands. <laughs> is, is thankfulness to God where it should be in your life? Is it lacking in our lives? If it is lacking, if it's not what it ought to be, then may we go to the word of God and go to the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and be overwhelmed with him and what he has done both for yourself, myself, and for each one of us. And may we become overwhelmed with thankfulness, overflowing with thankfulness. And I do pray that that would drive us, direct us, whatever the word might be that's most appropriate, to pray for one another. And to pray for the things that we see Paul talking about here filled with the knowledge of the will of God to have spiritual wisdom and understanding to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord fully pleasing to him bearing fruit increasing in the knowledge of God being strengthened with all power and again we're not talking about any power right we're talking about power according to his glorious might For all endurance and patience with joy. And I pray that verse 13 would be us. Would be you, would be me. Giving thanks to the Father. Giving thanks today, giving thanks tomorrow. Giving thanks... All of our days. Because he has qualified you, he has qualified me to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He, verse 13 says, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness. Transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Echoing the words, really, that Paul had written to the Ephesians that we read, talking about that Christ died for us while we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Like the rest of mankind. But he's delivered us. He's delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom... In Christ, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So, again, the the uh, the support, the biblical support for you and I to be overflowing with thankfulness is itself overflowing. But as we close today, I, I just pray that we would dwell on that. He's delivered us from the domain of darkness, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. If that doesn't cause you, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, to pause and consider how we should be overflowing with thankfulness to God, I'm not sure (laughs) what will. Uh, but we should be. Anyway, let's pray. Then I'm going to ask the song leaders to come up. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for loving us. I thank you for all that you have done, all that you have promised to yet do, the hope that we have. I pray that you would help each one of us to be overflowing with thankfulness to you today, tomorrow, next week, next month day after day, week after week, and month after month that it would be a, a mark of who we are in Christ as we remember Jesus every day And we would give you the praise and the glory for it because we know it all comes from you. It's all because of you that we can even consider these things to be truths in our lives. And we just thank you for it and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.